Welcome to the latest episode of EG Like Sunday Morning, this week featuring two of the most dedicated property journalists in the field, news editor Pui Guan Man and residential editor Emma Rossa. So how has the week been for you both? Busy. Hello. Hello. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. very busy. <laughs> uh, I hope you've managed to uh, do some stuff other than work this week. It's hard to think about that, isn't it, when you've just come off the end of the uh, the press run? Um, maybe. I think there was sunshine at some point and I left the flat, so we'll say yes. <laughs> this is why they're, they're, they are renowned for being so dedicated, they can't remember anything other than the work they did. So we will move straight on to talk uh, about that. Uh, uh, so uh, to talk me through the latest news, so uh, I believe Greystar has been keeping you busy recently, Emma. Yes, I guess on a news, but also lovely long read feature uh, front mm -hmm. as well. Um, so last week I I left the flat and I left <laughs> southeast London and it was incredibly exciting. And I went to Greenford, which is actually not that far away from Puy. Um, but but we didn't meet up, um, um, sadly. Instead, I decided to meet Mark Allner and Angela Russell from Greystar and they were equally as fun. Um, so... Um, we had a run around the building. So they've just opened, um, just before lockdown, they just opened Tillerman's Court at the at Greenford Quay, which is their first build to rent um, on the site there after agreeing to buy it in 2015. Um, and so I went there to have to do the interview, which is in this week's magazine, the EG interview. Um, and it was partially to do with that, but also when I mean, we, as you say, Greystar has had a lot of news recently. Mm. Um, so in the last few weeks, even we saw that they launched this um, 1 billion euro discretionary fund, which is their first discretionary fund for Europe. Um, so that's a value add um, vehicle that is on top of various other joint ventures. Um, but this is the first of its kind. Um, Following that, they had a 1 billion euro joint venture in Germany and Austria. They also just bought the big yellow site in Battersea for another high-rise um, urban scheme. Um, so that has planning at the moment for just over 200, but they're expecting that to go up to about 500. So lots going on. And um, in the previous week, I'd actually um, spoken to their, their global head of investment, Wes Fuller, um, who previously came over to the UK. He's now back at Greystar HQ. Um, and so we had a conversation talking about the European strategy, how that fits in with the kind of the global strategy, how they're catering to investor demands um, with the new discretionary um, discretionary fund, um, and also how they have this vertically integrated business um, and how that's different. This interview was really to talk to the European heads um, and, and get an idea of kind of uh, what's happened to date, how have they got to this, um, how it all started in a, in a Starbucks, how they've grown <laughs> to over 650 employees, um, the story behind Greenford, um, and how that shows the level of ambition and what could happen next, really. Um, so so that was of, fun. Plenty of things for, for listeners to read on, on the website and in the magazine. Exactly. And, and some great photography as well. We had Tom Campbell come down and, um, and shoot the team. And so we were wandering around we were very unlucky with the weather it was raining so we were mainly inside but meant I got to see all of the amenity space and the lovely pool table and have a quick game of pool as well when no one was looking <laughs> did you win I was playing myself ah. so yes <laughs> uh, you won and lost uh, okay <laughs> so uh turning to Pui uh, obviously um hotels had 
uh, I think it's fair to say, a pretty miserable 2020. But uh, you, you've got a bit of an update on the sector for us this week, haven't you? I, I do indeed. Yeah. No, this week we uh, took a look at the hotels market um, where it seems that deals that have been in the market for a few months, if not even a case of, of years, um, are finally either getting over or nearing the finishing line. Um, we uh, totted up some numbers on this and found that more than 1.7 billion of hotels in the UK and Ireland either completed during H1 or were in advanced talks with buyers. And um, yeah, the industry is pretty happy about it after <laughs> a very sluggish period um, for investment. And it seems, you know, especially in London, like sellers and buyers are finally meeting in the middle a bit more on pricing and, you know, getting a bit more comfortable um, with it, which in turn has boosted confidence in terms of the data points that can be used for future trades um, as well. And there have been some really chunky um, hotels deals out there, too, in the hundreds of millions, um, like around town's Hilton portfolio and the Kensington Forum uh, Hotel that are advancing. And it seems, you know, in general, like there's just there's more confidence in the bigger ticket stuff mm. um, and, and stuff in the city. Um, notably, some new sort of private equity buyers are on the scene that have garnered some attention. So um, there's Orca Investments, for example. They bought Genting's um, Park Lane News Hotel as a, as a refurb play um, with backing from Bain Capital, and they want to make more acquisitions. And um, Electra America, uh, a US investor, is um, closing in on uh, the Nobu Hotel in Shoreditch. Um, and the latter is interesting to a lot of people, uh, you know, it's set up a $500 million fund focusing on distressed opportunities in London um, earlier this year, as well as Toronto and other US markets. And by the sounds of it, there's a lot of overseas capital out there that is genuinely attracted uh, to the UK market. I know everyone everyone says that about all their sectors, <laughs> but it does. It genuinely feels like that's the case um, here too. Um, and at the same time, there's loads of major players out there that have come back onto everyone's radar after they fell off um, for a bit as well, like Marathon and um, Cerberus. And um, yeah, we also spoke, I suppose there's a little bit of overlap here with uh, Emma's BTR circles, but um, um, we also spoke to um, Realstar, or Ryan Prince, who is the, the vice uh, chairman, who um, is among those that are keen to sort of resume buying um, as well in the sector. Um, and it expects to see more opportunities um, emerging over the next sort of 12 to 18 months. Um, but yeah, I mean, they originally made waves in uh, 2005 after they splashed um, a billion on, I think it was 73 Hilton hotels, um, you know, with, um, well, um, this, this shows how long ago it was, but it was in a joint venture with uh, Lehman uh, and um, GIC um, before they sold those on. And incidentally, parts of that portfolio have um, popped up already uh, in, in this conversation and, you know, changing hands under their current owners. Um, but that's that's by the by anyways. Um, but they are keen to um, buy either larger city assets um, for repositioning or a portfolio, but they're likely going to come up against some pretty stiff competition as, you know, uh, many people out there seem to have similar requirements. But uh, but I guess, yeah, sorry, to, to sum up, I know it was a bit of a ramble, but uh, all in all, you know, investment activity um, looks set to sort of bounce back towards the end of this year. And overall, it's just a nice affirmation in sort of the long term fundamentals of the sector after such a horrible year, really, for hotels. 
Uh, great to hear that hotels are back. But as you've intimated, I know Emma isn't going to let uh, that sector hog the limelight. Uh, I know she is <laughs> champing at the bit to talk about BTR, aren't you, Emma? Yes, I'm going to bring up my old beef with offices, don't I? <laughs> you absolutely do. I think you, I can't remember. Yeah, you and Graham three, debated three this in a previous, a previous uh, episode of, of EG Light Sunday Morning, and I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not not quite sure who who came out on top of that debate, but it sounds like you've got you've got some evidence that yeah, you can rely I've on. Got, for three months, I've been looking, and now I've got the uh, the the answer to that yeah age old question: which is better, <laughs> offices or build to rent? Um, <laughs> So, so this week, um, Investec had conducted a survey of 52 investors that are responsible for 514 billion of assets under management, um, and they found that 85% of those investors intend to invest in built-to-rent um, in the various different areas of built-to-rent um, over the next decade. Um, I know that a decade is a long time, but 85% compared to 58% in offices. That's the bit that really shocked me. Um, and 47% in retail, um, which obviously then shows you the appetite. Let's the, mm-hmm. let the people decide. Um, <laughs> and so I, what I've not included in there is that like, they are all actually also super keen on data centers. But that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask you how like industrial logistics fared in that batch. Yeah, not they did all right. A new yeah. argument. A new <laughs> argument. Um, I think it was that data centers was at the top. I can actually pull it up. Data centers and logistics did very well, actually. Uh, yeah, it was like ninety over over 95% were keen on data centers. Um, I mean, I guess that reflects kind of the size of the industry at the moment, perhaps that, you know, this is the point to get in. Back to build to rent. Um, <laughs> Uh, so they had some really interesting stats, n- not only on on all the sectors, but they um, on on general yes the sector appetite, um, but perceived risk as well was a, a really interesting one, and as well as the amount of capital that they anticipate committing. Um, although when I kind of totted up the numbers, I think that a lot of them were maybe playing it safe because um, I would anticipate it could be potentially higher than that just based on where the, what they've already spent over the last um, ten years, five years. Um, and so, yes. Yeah, so, so, so PRS um, is ex- expected. To, so, just general housing expected to be um, to continue to be the most popular, uh, with 75% of respondents saying that they are currently considering future investment in this area. And then that was followed by student and service departments, both at 69%. So, I guess maybe a little dip into um, kind of potentially towards the hotels direction. But um, and then retirement at 63. And one that really surprised me, co-living at 62. So there's been so much debate over co-living kind of with the pandemic, and it's still thought of being, you know, very much an emerging sector. But to see that level of interest, I thought was very interesting. Well, fingers crossed Graham is listening and he, he can now set about <laughs> gathering evidence for his right to reply. But I, I think definitely there's <laughs> there's potential there for a future episode of EGLSM where, where you all come on and, and we decide this once and for all, which sector is better. We can, you know, resi, offices, retail, logistics, we can we can bring them all in and and I'll I'll give you it. We'll all just write about data centers for the forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what else has been uh, occupying your minds and those of your colleagues this week? Uh, Yeah, I mean, in other news, um, the government. This is where where Pui 
ruins the quiz of the week by by no, na- naming all of the <laughs> naming all of the topics. It's because you pick the most interesting uh, things, obviously, Jess. Um, we're, we're two, we, we think of very similar wavelengths. Um, but no, um, this week the government has uh, launched a consultation on making business rates uh, revaluations more frequent from every five years to every three. Um, uh, and, you know, it's part of its fundamental review um, on uh, business rates, which has been delayed a few times already, but um, is currently expected to be published um, in the autumn. And uh, it's an interesting one. The consultation also, um, it, I, I guess that was that kind of headline they were going with. But the finer print is that it also proposes removing the uh, check stage of the check challenge appeal process um, and ratepayers would pay a fee to submit a challenge. And ratepayers will also have a duty to, um, excuse me, uh, to notify the VOA of any changes and supply data on their properties every year. Um, and the industry kind of seems largely welcoming so far of the proposal to, mm. you know, make revaluations more frequent. I mean, they've been talking about that for, for years um, at this point. Um just because it will reflect the changes in the property market more closely than before. But they've highlighted that transferring more duties onto the ratepayer will, you know, could possibly ha- end up having a negative um, effect. Um, and yeah, in other news, um, sort of office news now, uh, a chunky uh, London office deal is close to finalising um, with Ara's Suntec uh, REIT buying the long lease hold for three Minster Court in the city for uh, 353 million um, at a 4.5 yield, and they said that actually represents a 4.6% discount to April uh, book values. Um, and if they sound familiar, it's because they were the ones that snapped up a 50% stake in the Nova Estate in Victoria uh, last year. So um, quite interesting buyers. Um, yeah. <laughs> And there was lots more. You'll have to check out the magazine <laughs> because off the top of my head, I can't remember them all. But... No more no more hints and tips for the quiz. I was going to actually flag one that, um, that Alex did. Um, so I was pleased to see that Arthur McCalmont was in the magazine this week. Um, he has 15 years of experience in built to rent. Um, so he was at Granger and he was at CBRE. Um, and he left in 2019 and he's been working on this new startup um, with the former IWG London general manager. Um, and they've just launched a home away from home uh, flexible office workspace solution. So he's not helping my argument that BTR might be better than offices. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although he has assured us that there is um, it's, it's taking his experiences from Resi and using that mm. um, and they'll be launching their first scheme in Holborn this summer. So that was that was an interesting one as well. Uh, indeed it was. And uh, thankfully, I think you've, you've neatly avoided Uh, any of the topics I've covered on the quiz this week but I do have a bit of a surprise for you because the quiz this week is a different format and you're going head to head. Uh, We've got three questions each in a penalty shootout format so you'll take turns uh, and uh, we'll see who who comes out on top and who who enjoys the bragging rights for the next week. Excellent. This (laughs) (laughs) So who would like to go first? me i don't mind oh okay Uh, emma got in first okay so emma this is to you question one you can't steal any points but i will throw the question over to the other person if the if anyone struggles but you can't steal any points so emma question one 
this week, the, the industry sadly mourned the passing of Stephen Chambers. Uh, but which charity event staple of the real estate calendar was he a founder, a trustee of? A story of Christmas. That is correct. Yes, uh, I've been to the story of Christmas. That was very enjoyable. Good. Uh, question one for Pui. Uh, which developer has mapped out its net zero framework uh, in this week's magazine? Um, God, it could be several several names spring to mind. Um, but I guess Henry Henry Boot. Henry Henry Boot, it is to, to <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> to name it twice. Slight stammer, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one one, it's tense. Oh my so gosh. This is like, literally like watching an England penalty shootout. Uh, <laughs> apart from the apart from the fact that both sides have scored. Uh, question two. For Emma. <laughs> uh, this is the missing words round. I I'm, I'm, I continue to hope that that this is going to catch the attention and EG can finally make its appearance on Have I Got News for You. Uh, the missing words round. So Emma, question two. Blank doubles office space with new Clerkenwell HQ. Blank doubles office space with new Clerkenwell HQ. Oh, Depop. It is Depop. Wow. I never Emma get these right. Two one you lead. take it from the legal section. <laughs> I have been relatively kind. Question two for Pui. Also a missing word question. A multi-blank affair. A multi-blank affair. One second. I'm just thinking. <laughs> um, oh, a multi-family affair. It is right. Emma, Emma looked delighted because I think she was fairly confident about about knowing that one. <laughs> it did take me a, few, a little while to get that headline right. I also downloaded the article and emailed it to you to make sure you read it. So, um... <laughs> so two two. It's it's sudden death already. Uh, so round three obviously is the diary round. Uh, Emma, your question three. This week, Diary rounds up its favourite gratuitous Wimbledon press releases, which, of course, includes a piece on how tennis-related street names are great for property values. But which tennis term serves up the biggest boost for house prices? Oh, no. Uh, some, something about love. I don't know. Uh, love was in there, but Pri, do you know what, what by far the best tennis-related street name there is with a, a, an average, a national average price of 860,000. Do you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure I know the answer either. I'm, I'm thinking maybe, um, I'll just say ace, but I don't know if you, it is. You would have got it right. So uh, yeah, you would have, you would have nailed really? it on that question. Yeah, yeah, impressive. Oh. I, I was, because I was very close to saying tennis. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. That, that luxury area of tennis streets. <laughs> to win, you still need to answer your question. Okay. Uh, so, Pui, stamp duty celebrated its anniversary this week on the 28th of June. But how many years ago was it introduced? And I'll give you the point if you can get it within 10 either way. Oh, my God. How many years did you say? <laughs> yes, how many years? It's got to be, that's got to be centuries in there, no? Like, um... Uh, Yes. Let me have a think. Um, <laughs> oh, my old foe, stamp duty, uh, getting me in the quiz and also getting me in real life. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to, I'll just take a punt and say like three centuries. It is three centuries. No. And a bit. And a bit. Okay. But can you, can um, you be? Oh, you want an, an exact want number? A, yeah, I want it within, within 10 years if um, possible. I'm just going to take done, a punt. You've done I'll remarkably say, well, to be fair. I'll say I'm in three, shock and horror. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I'm just going to take a pun. I'll say like 350 years. Oh, so close. Ooh. 327. Oh, well, oh my gosh. I, mean, I think is, you should give her the point. I think, that's yeah, that was that was spectacular. So I think so uh, impressive. that's, that's oh. off, the, off the crossbar, off the keeper's head and in and, and Pui uh, just about win. So very impressive. I did have a tie break, but I will save the, oh. the tie break for a future round because uh, it's quite a cool tie break. Uh, brilliant. So uh, Pui just just edges it, but a great performance from you both. Uh, and. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, this this will this will energise uh, everyone for for future weeks, knowing that it's that everyone's going to be going head to head from this point on. Yeah. Put my t-shirt on my head and start running around. The house. <laughs> <laughs> Go. <laughs> right. Well, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining me. Hope you've uh, enjoyed it. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jess. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, yes. Jess. Uh, you have been listening to EG Like Sunday Morning.